Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. This is After Class with Miss Donovan, and we are back for our week two overview of our Algebra 1 class. So on Monday, we had a nice day off because of Labor Day, and on Tuesday, we then took an assessment. So it looks like we're just going to be reviewing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then going over a quiz overview. So let's get into it. Okay, so it's time to talk about our mathematician of the week. We didn't talk about him until Wednesday because, well, first of all, we didn't have school on Monday. Uh, actually, we didn't talk about him until Thursday, so he got a little bit of a shortened week. His name is Nathaniel Knox. He was born in 1942 and is still alive. Isn't that quite awesome? We love when our mathematicians are still alive. He has a PhD from the University of South Carolina. He got that in 1974. His dissertation title was The Inverse of the Semigroup Co co-product of the non-empty collection of groups. He has an MAT um, from Duke University. He got it in 1968, and he got his BS from Benedict College in 1964. I think the really interesting points that we should be looking at is when he got his degrees. 1964 was in the middle of the civil rights uh, movement, so he was literally on the cusp of change as he was getting his degrees, meaning that he was literally right there. He was 22 probably when he graduated. Um, from Benedict, uh, you know, from Benedict College in 1964. So that means he was right in the middle of it, and at, during a time when a lot of um, mathematicians were predominantly white males, he um, stuck out, and he is still doing a lot of really cool work. So let's give it up for Nathaniel Knox. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Okay, let's get started with Wednesday. So on Wednesday, the first thing we did was we actually went over the quiz that we took on Tuesday. All grades should be in the gradebook, so if yours is not, that means A, you either didn't take it, or B, I messed up, so let me know if you took it and I messed up so I can change your grade. And then we went and started Lesson 2-1 in our book, which started on page 15. The targets from the book were use the algebraic method to solve an equation and write and solve an equation to model a real-world solution. The targets from our target tracker sheet were 1-1 and 2-1. So let's get into it. What did we do in our book today? So first we started out by making sense of a problem. So we had a word problem where there was a variable. And we had to figure out what that variable was. So it said, if you multiply me by 3 and increase the value by 5, I'm 20. What's the number? So from there, you had to think about it to figure out the number. After we figured out the number, we decided to create an equation. So if you multiply me by 3. So our variable, which I'm going to call x, would get multiplied by 3. And then you add 5 and set it equal to 20. So now our equation is 3x plus 5 equals 20. From there, you would use the addition property of equality and subtract 5 from both sides. So just know, keep our equation balanced, keep our scales balanced. If you do it to one side, you got to do it to the other. So then we had 3x equals 15. To get rid of the 3, we divided both sides by 3, and we got x equals 5. So remember, an equation is a mathematical statement that shows that two expressions are equal, and a solution is any value that makes an equation true when substituted for the variable. After that, we had a few review uh, questions where we were figuring out whether or not a certain solution or a certain variable was actually a solution for the equation. So again, we plugged in whatever x was. So for the first one, we had x equals 6. So we plugged in 6 for x. And then we tried to see if our equation was balanced, if it equaled the same thing on both sides. If it was true, then yes, that solution did work. If it was false, then no, the solution did not work. After that, we moved on 
to our example A, where we talked about our properties of quality. Now, some you're not going to be asked to name any of these specifically, but you will be asked to basically know what they do. So if you add something to both sides, that's the addition property of equality. It still keeps a balance as long as you do it to both sides. The whole point of these properties we were learning about is to keep an equation balanced. The subtraction property of of the subtraction property of equality is when we subtract from both sides. So that means we are keeping it balanced by subtracting. Then there was the multiplication where we multiplied on both sides to keep it balanced, and then the division property of equality, and that's where we divided on both sides to keep it equal. We also talked about some other qualities, so our symmetric property of equality, where it's the same thing backwards. So if you have A equals B, then B also equals A. It doesn't matter the order, they still equal each other. The commutative property of equality for addition and multiplication, where if you have A plus B, that equals B plus A, or A times B equals B times A, it's the same thing no matter the order. Our associate property of addition and multiplication say it doesn't matter what order you multiply or add, they will still be the same. And then we had our distributive property, which we did work on last week. So we then went through a bunch of equations explaining what uh, step each, what we did for each step. So when we were solving the two-step equations, we had our original equation, and then say we subtracted, we're like, okay, this this step we're using the subtraction POE. Then if we divided, we were like, we used the division POE. So we talked about each step we went through and why we did that and how it worked to get our final answer. So again, you're going to be asked to solve two steps equations. You're going to have to know what to do, but you mu you're not going to be specifically asked what POE, what property of equality you're using. You might be asked, hey, what did you do? What's the first step? And if you say add five to both sides, that is perfectly fine. Then we had a check for your understanding and we moved on. We moved on to a problem with Julio who had five more dollars than Dan. So the point here was that we were creating a real world scenario and from what or we were creating a solution for a real world scenario. So we had to figure out what the solution would be, what our equation would be. So the first thing is we had to figure out what the variable would be. So we had dollars, so we used D. And we had to give that variable like a certain meaning. So what did D mean? What did D represent? So they let um, they had us let D represent the amount of money in dollars that Dan had. So Julio had five more dollars than Dan. So Dan had D dollars. That means Julio had D plus five dollars. So if we did D plus $5 for Julio plus D, which is Dan, we got 19 because together they got $19. You could then um, combine like terms and get 2D plus 5 for that whole equation. We were asked to write the equation and then we were asked to solve for D to figure out how much money each person had. Or each person had. We then found out that, who was it? Dan had $7 and then for Julio, we just had to add 5, so we figured out he had 12 does 12 plus 7 equal 19? Yes, it does. So we were correct. Then we moved on to a check for understanding, which was also part of your homework, where we talked about what if we had defined the variables differently, what would that have meant? So instead of, instead of using D for Dan, what if we would used J for Julio? Well, how would we then represent Dan's variable? If, J if Julio had J dollars and Dan had five less dollars in Julio, that means Dan had J minus five dollars. So we then talked about how it's very important that you um, know what your variables are representing and how they're representing them. Otherwise, you could end up doing your equation wrong. So again, what here was really important is that you keep your solutions, your equations balanced, 
Make sure you do, if you do it to one side of the equal sign, you do it to the other. And then also talking about defining our variables, because if you don't know what your variable is, if you don't know how it's defined, that might be an issue. So that's all we did for Wednesday. Let's get moving on to Thursday. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday. Can you remember Thursday? Yeah, so Tuesday? <laughs> Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when? Huh? What day? Thursday. <laughs> the third day, okay? It is time to go over Thursday. So our target that we used for Thursday was from our target tracker sheet of 2-2 and 2-3. It said, I can write and solve an equation that models a real-world situation. We did our attendance question and then went straight into our video for our book notes of 2-2. So the, um, the targets um, from the book were the first one that I've already read, write and solve an equation that models a real-world situation. And they also said, interpret parts of an expression in terms of context which is important that you know, but won't necessarily be tested on your assessment. So we started out with this real-world scenario of the Future Engineers of America Club, and they wanted to raise money for a science museum field trip. So they talked about hosting these two contests, the Straw Bridge Contest and the, what is it, the Card Tower Contest. So we were supposed to make two equations for them, and then we wanted to set it equal to figure out when the contest would cost the same. So the Strawbridge contest would cost the club $550 per competitor plus $34.60 in extra expenses. So the $550 is going to change depending on how many people join the competition, but we will also always be charged $34.60 to hold the event. And for the Card Tower contest, it would cost $4.25 per person. So $4.25 per person and $64.60 in extra expenses. So for a person, the 425 would always move. That changes depending on how many people, but the $64.60 would not. So for the first, the straw building contest, where we had $5.50 per person, we made that equation 5.5x plus 34.6. For the card tower, where there was a $4.25 um, cost per person, we said that was 425x plus 64.6, which is the extra expenses that are always the same. Then we set those two equal to each other because we wanted to figure out when what x would make them equal. Next, we filled out this table where we did each and every step and we filled out the steps on what on what they did and what what they meant. What what was a, the reasoning or explanation? So we talked about how um, the multiplication property of equality. So we could multiply to get rid of the decimals. We talked about the subtraction property of equality. Talked about combining like terms, our division property of equality, and eventually we got to our solution of twenty four. Now, what does that x equals twenty four mean? That means that there has to be twenty four contestants for both of the contest to cost the same to run. That is what that meant. So we need to make sure we're interpreting our values in the proper context. Next, we went over um, if they had 30 competitors. We wanted to know what contest we would recommend them do if they had 30 competitors. So what we did is we plugged 30 into both equations. So 5.5x plus 34.6 and 4.25x plus 64.6. For the a straw building contest or straw bridge contest we got that it would cost $199.60 for the 
card tower contest, we got it would cost $192.10. So as a class, we recommended the card tower contest because it costs less money to put on. So then they added some little extra things into this equation. They said the club would charge each competitor $10. So we wanted to write an expression for the club's revenue if, the, if there were X competitors to enter. So we would multiply 10 by the number of competitors. So we wrote that expression of, as 10x. Then we wrote an equation to figure out when they would break even. So what we did, um, we took... Um, the contest that we decided would win, which would be the card tower contest, the one that would be cheaper, and we set that up equal to 10x to figure out what x would it be for them to be the same, meaning that they break even. They make as much money as they lose. So what we did, we set those up equal to each other, and we went through the whole process. Um, we did the multiplication property of equality to get rid of our decimals again, and then we basically just solved for x, trying to get x to one side by itself and all the constants to the other side. We got that it was 11. Um, 0.2347 and a bunch of change so it was about 12 people so they would need 12 people in the contest to break even so for them to make any money they would have to have at least 13 people so then we just did the rest of our real world scenarios where we started plugging in numbers into our equation they're like how much money would you make if you had 32 competitors or how much money would it cost so remember the profit is the revenue minus the cost so we had to do both equations, plug in 32 for both of them to figure it out and then subtract them. And then the last one was talking about the treasurer going through the records and they had to figure out how many tickets they sold because someone forgot how many tickets they sold and one person sold eight tickets and they knew how much money they had. So then we had to change and we had to adapt our, um, our equation. So we had 10x already. We knew that the it $10 for each person to compete. And we knew that they had made $140 and that there were at least eight tickets sold. So instead of being 10X, we had 10 and then in parentheses, eight plus X because we already knew there were eight tickets and we knew that someone sold more tickets and we didn't know what, so it was X. Then we did the distributive property and solved for X and we got that it was six tickets. So remember, it is important to be able to go through your two-step equation and just know what the next thing is. So you have to remember to be able to, if you do one thing to one side of the equation, you also have to do it to the other side of the equation. Then another important step is being able to understand what your answer means. So when we got x equals 6, we knew in that question that it was 6 tickets. So the one person sold 8 tickets and the other person who forgot to write down how many tickets they sold, sold 6. We went through your checkup for understanding after that, and then also you started your homework. So remember, again, the important part really isn't knowing exactly what the property of equation is. I don't need you to say you did the addition property of equality for each one. I just need you to know that you added to both sides or you divided by both sides. That's the important part. Knowing the properties of equality may help you, but really knowing what to do next is really important. So that is it for Thursday. So I guess it's time to move on to Friday. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down Friday. Happy Friday, Wildcats. Let's figure out what we did in class today. So our targets were I can solve for an equation with variables on both sides, 2-1 from our target tracker sheet, and write and solve equation that models a real-world situation, 2-2 and 2-3. We took book notes today. 
and your homework was page 24, 6 through 13, and you had an optional quiz review, which if you haven't done, I recommend because the quiz is so similar to it. So similar. So, so, so similar. Do it. And then you have your quiz on Monday, so remember that. The learning targets were basically the same thing from the book, so we're just going to get right into it. So the first problem they had us do is they filled in an equation and all the steps they did to solve it. So they had an equation with x's, the variables on both sides, and they solved it. And we had to write what properties or explanations we would they use so that we saw that they used to get to each step. So remember, just knowing how those properties work and what you're doing is really the important part. You're not going to be asked to name the distributive property of equality, but you might be asked, what is the next step to solve the equation? And you'd have to be like, oh, I have to distribute. So again, then what we did is they gave us a few equations and we had to do that as well. So we had to solve the equation for x, but also write what property of equality we we're using. So what we did is we did for the four one, for the four equations, we started with our original equation. And then for each step, we wrote down what we were doing. So if we subtracted from both sides, we said the subtraction POE. If we combined it like terms, we said CLT because that stands for combined like terms. And then if we did addition, we said the addition POV and division. And eventually we got to our solution. So again, you just need to know in your head the thought process that each step is. It's like if you have to distribute, make sure you distribute. If you have to add both sides, make sure you know you're adding to both sides. If you have to multiply it from both sides, make sure you know that too. The last thing we really went over was this model with mathematics. So we had bags of granola, of maple granola and apple granola, and we wanted to figure out how much they cost. So we let M represent the cost of a bag of maple granola. So we know they bought six bags of maple granola, and we don't know how much it costs. So we said our equation was, or um, right there, our expression was 6m because we know 6 times whatever the cost would be the cost for the maple granola. We then also knew the apple granola cost 2 less dollars than the maple granola, so we made an expression for that. We don't know what the cost of the maple granola is, but we know we're calling it m, so we did m minus 2. So then we had to write an expression for the cost of 5 bags of apple granola, so we took the m minus 2, put that in parentheses, and multiplied it by 5. Because again, you have to do m minus 2 before you multiply it by 5, otherwise you're going to get the wrong cost for the bag of apple granola. After that, we added those together and set it equal to 56. We added our 6m plus our 5 times m minus 2 equal to 56 because we know that the total cost was $56. Then what we did is we just went through the steps. We didn't write the steps down. We distributed first, then we combined like terms, and then we subtracted or added to both sides and finally divided from both sides to get the M equals 6. What does that mean? That meant the bags of maple granola cost $6 each. To figure out how much the bag of apple granola cost, we did 6 minus 2 because that was the expression we used, and we got $4. So again, it's important to know what your variables mean because here our variables meant money, like it's meant how much they cost. So we had to use a dollar sign. So that's what's important. Then you had your check for understanding, and we went through those pretty quickly. And then time for your homework. So again, this is the last new thing that's going to be on the assessment. It will be everything we learned on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and I guess it's time that we go over the assessment, isn't it? So I'll see you in the next portion. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. 
now to the part of the podcast I know you've all been waiting for this whole time. Guess what I have in front of me? The quiz answer key. So I'm going to go through the two sections that we have. So I split off our test into two sections. One for learning target 2 dash. It says 2 dash 2, but that is definitely learning target 1 dash. Or 2 dash 1, so I'm going to have to change that. I can solve equations with variables on both sides. And then we have... Our learning targets of 2-2 and 2-3, I can write and solve an equation that models a real-world situation. So you're going to be asked to solve six problems for 2-1. I can solve equations with variables on both sides. So again, it's important to remember if you do one thing to one side, you should do it to the other. So you're going to have to do some distribution. If you distribute... Um, that only goes to the terms inside the parentheses, remember? So if there's a term outside the parentheses, a coefficient of the parentheses, make sure you multiply that to all the terms on the inside. Then from there, your easiest step is probably to combine like terms. Make sure um, on both sides of the equal signs, you combine like terms before you start. It's going to be way easier and you're going to have way less steps to do. So combining like terms, distributing, you're going to have to be able to add to both sides, to subtract both sides, multiply both sides, and divide by both sides. You will have one problem with fractions. Don't worry, I don't think these fractions are too difficult, but if they are, remember, you can multiply by a common denominator to get rid of the fractions, but you have to multiply by both times, side, the common denominator on both sides. So say you have fractions that are like 3 over 5 and 1 over 2. Your common denominator would be 10. If we did 3 fifths times 10, you would do 10 times 3, because top times top, you'd get 30 over 5. Make sure you divide it out by whatever the denominator is. You can do it without the denominator, but just be careful. Make sure you find, like, denominators. You could do it without multiplying out the denominators, what I'm saying, but you have to make sure you have co common denominators then. So no matter what, there's going to be stuff like that for at least one of them. Um... You uh, may get some negative numbers. You may get some positive numbers. Just be aware. Then 2-2 and 2-3 only have three questions. Two of them you're going to be asked to describe what you would need to do to both sides in order to solve the equation. You're going to only need to do one thing. What is that one thing? If you have like x plus 4 equals 5, you, should, you want to get x by itself. So what would you do to that? The next one is a real-world situation. You're going to be asked to find the cost um, of what it is to join a club. You're going to be able to. You're going to be asked to find an equation for the cost for these two clubs, and then be asked to set them equal to each other to find out when they would cost the same amount. That is your last question. We are doing this on Cami, so I hope that you. Show all your work. I want you to be able to write on it. If you use your touchscreen computer the school gave you, you can write on the screen, um, not using an actual pen, but like with your finger or if you have a stylus. You can add text boxes. Um, you can add voice memos if you want. However you decide to do it, I will grade it on Cami. So we are trying that. So make sure you did some of your homework on Cami and that it worked, um, as well as just make sure that you are working through each of the problems. So that is it for our quiz overview. In total, it is only nine questions, um, but it will be 10 points because it will be five points for each section of the target. So I hope this helps. Happy studying. 
Hi, hi, hi. I hope we hit that total math grind today in this episode. We went through what we did on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, as well as an overview of our assessment that is happening on Monday. Remember, it is a Cami assessment, so make sure that is working on your computer. Um, Other than that, we had a pretty good week. We had a nice day off at the beginning, but it sounds like we're pretty much done for this episode. It looks like I'll see you in class.